my first year, which was my second year in business that I hit a million dollars as a coach consultant, um, my accountant said to me, you're having the worst year you've ever had. And I'm like, what do you mean? We just broke a million. He said, yeah, and you're going to keep around 50,000. Now, the year before I did 500,000 and I kept almost 300,000. Wow. So I, I had to wake up again. It's not just what do I think people need to hear. I'm getting real feedback from real client family members. And I think my listeners are very similar to them and vicariously can learn through that. Yeah, absolutely. Today, we have an incredible guest. I'm so excited to dive deep. We had a pre-interview conversation. Fonsi, you, you know yeah. nothing about this. I know. I'm on the on the, I'm on the, the outsider the today. Unknown. Yeah, so you're going to have all your inside jokes and stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to feel like, you know, I know. like I'm not part of the crew. Is that how it's going to be? That was like the whole purpose. <laughs> the whole purpose left out Fonsi. And I'm left kidding. I'm kidding. All right. That's fine. I find my way in. Pretty, pretty easily. It's like, just you like, got this. I just like barge in. <laughs> yeah, he just punches his way in. Punch your way. Punch your way into friendships. Punch my way into it. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty accurate. All right, you ready? Let's do this. We've got hey, I'm Louise. And I'm Louise. And you're listening you to the Content is Profit podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. But most importantly, we're here to have a good time with you. So go to contentsprofit.com to get started today and join the community. That is right. It's a, I've heard, you know, the people are saying out there that it's a pretty fun community and that you should join the Contents Profit family. Just saying. What just I've saying, heard just saying. You know, we we didn't totally make that up right now. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I would like to hang out with you now. Appreciate I don't think two you. years ago. I think that was weird. You you, you want to hang out now that I cut my hair? Absolutely. I don't look that scary. Hey, it looks good. It looks good. Ask for you know, go ask for Fonzi like for a picture on when we started the show. We called it the Hispanic Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I really feels pretty hair. appropriate but, with Easter coming. But change the topic. <laughs> That's not relevant for today. Today we have an incredible guest, and we're gonna be talking all about building a multi-million dollar business while providing transformations. You have to repeat that because it's not a multi-million, it's eight. Eight, yeah, exactly. It's eight multi-million number dollar eight. businesses. Businesses. Actually, yeah, I missed like two letters in there. <laughs> businesses. Good job. Multiple ones. <laughs> Multiple ones. How I'm impressive excited. is that? I'm pretty excited. Yeah. We haven't built one yet. So I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the whole after after this episode or or business immediately seven figures. Bam. That's it. Boom. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, if you're enjoying this content, go ahead and follow the show on your favorite platform because every week three episodes are dropping in your phones, mm-hmm. so you can get momentum and get the ball moving in your business, in your life, in your content. That is right. And if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends. That is your ticket of admission. Thank you. Are you feeling stuck in your business? Are you lost and not quite sure of what should be your next step? Do you want to provide transformation to your clients? If you say yes to any of these, then today's conversation is for you. That is right. Today's guest has one of the best track records we've ever had on the show. She has established eight multi-million dollar businesses, helped over 6,000 coaches and consultants hit six and seven figures, and authored 47 books. I am flabbergasted. That's really impressive. <laughs> just just wait until you hear this. She has also been in over a thousand shows, including NBC, MSNBC, 
CNBC and probably any other media channel that ends in C. But most importantly, she is now part of CIP, aka Content is Profit. Oh yeah, so excited for this conversation. Please welcome founder of Heart Entrepreneur. We gotta we gotta learn our pronunciation on that one. Heart Entrepreneur, host of the Modern Coaching Method program, and maybe your next coach or friend, Dr. Terry Levine. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I'm already having fun just listening to you. I forgot that I'm going to be interviewed. <laughs> well, well, we're, we're, I mean, we're having a, a conversation. This yeah. is a friend's conversation. We, we try to have a good time. Where we steal all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, we're honored to, to have you here. I mean, it was such an honor meeting you. What was it like a, a couple of weeks ago? And uh, it was such a such an awesome conversation. And I guess I'll be showing up in your group next week or so. And, you know, maybe, you know, see, yeah. we can share some secrets in there. Fun, so you're not invited. Uh -huh. <laughs> you missed the conversation with me. What can I say? Uh, That's fine. I will earn my spot, Terry. I will earn my spot. I trust you. I trust you. Uh, but Terry, for those, obviously, I mean, we just announced literally all your accolades, right? But like, we, I want to learn a little bit more about, you know, you, uh, Terry, like how do you start it in business, right? And, and a little bit of your story and then we can, we can go from there. Sure. So I've had kind of an interesting journey. When I went to college, I got a master's degree as a speech language pathologist, and I started my own clinic, but I knew nothing about sales, marketing, business operations. And, you know, it was sort of like Field of Dreams. I opened a clinic and won't doctors send patients because I needed them to do that? And the answer was no, they would not. And I had just moved to the Midwest. I grew up in the East Coast, so the doctors wouldn't even meet with me. I wasn't like part of their clique. And it was very, very difficult. And finally, I sat in one doctor's office for over six hours until he finally said, what do you want? And I said, just send me a couple of patients. If I do a good job, send me more. If I don't, don't. Three days later, he sent me three patients. And then I went to every other doctor in town and went, Dr. Elkhammer sending people to me. And I built this massive clinic. And I realized I was better at marketing than I was at speech language pathology. So <laughs> I grew that business in 1982 into a million dollar business, which wow. in 1982, that was a lot of money back then, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody bought that business. I started a second business, totally different, a home art show business, sold that business seven years later for about 12 million. And then I kept going on to construct various businesses. And then I have to share this part of the story, my big mistake. My ego got the best of me and I became CEO of a national healthcare company and it was all ego. It sounded like a big deal. Uh, the money was great. The stock option great. I was miserable for five years, wow. miserable every day. The company loved me and I hated it. Wow. And so 31 years ago, I said, adios. And I started my own coaching and consulting company. And now I just have to share that I got 30 clients in the first 30 days. Wow. Which which basically told me I was doing the right thing. That's yeah, my story. Let's go. <laughs> wow. That is so cool. And I, I, I love how you went through your whole story, you know, the beginning, the that difficult moment too, you know, the hardships. So we got plenty of points here to dive in. But the first thing that I noticed that is some sort of similarity is how you leverage that first doctor that sent you people. <laughs> to get other doctors to send you people as well. And that, I, I say similarity, similarities because that's what we did with the podcast, actually. We, yeah. you know, we, we were at, the, at that time in a mastermind 
And we invited our coach. So he was our very first guest. And he's, you know, somebody that is pretty recognized by others. And then we just leveraged his name so hard <laughs> with everybody else to be able to bring them. And everybody was like, yeah, absolutely. So we started building some cool names in there. And eventually we managed to, you know, grow the podcast to what it is today. On, on that point, Terry, like I'm, I'm very curious, right? Because like when I remember having this conversation with Amanda Holmes, uh, and a question uh, she's a she's a dear friend now uh but i was like hey does like that leverage does it feel dirty <laughs> right like is it is this something wrong to do right and and it was pretty interesting her answer she's like what what do you mean right and uh, in that moment it was a massive epiphany for both of us because we're like this is really what a lot of people should be doing right I, and a lot of people that we've been talking on the space too and being mentored by or coached by or even like in the network it's like this is exactly what a lot of people don't do, right? And this is like one of the roots of like how success. So what, like, what was that moment? Do you remember that moment when you were like, that is the thing that I got to go do, right? Or did it come natural to you? Because to me, it wasn't, right? It was like, man, like it, 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 it felt hard. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So the very first time getting this doctor to refer did feel hard and it felt mm. uncomfortable. However, once he referred, I'm like, I got to let everybody know that one person trusts me. And that was easy. Oh, I literally just went to every doctor and said, hey, you're a pediatrician. I'm a speech language pathologist. Dr. Elkhammer's sending patients. Here's the info on how you can refer. That felt easy. I'm going to fast forward, though, because this goes together. When I first started in the coaching and consulting industry, I went to the people I respected, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Hanfield, Joe Vitale. Mm. I asked each of them if I could interview them. I was a nobody. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have yeah. streaming. We didn't have any of this. Yeah, yeah. So I interviewed them on a bridge line, a teleconference. And then my name got leveraged and intertwined with their names. And pretty soon I was getting booked on all these big things. And I got a, you know, a book contract and all yeah. of this. Because wow. I was connected. So optimize and leverage. It's not dirty. It's putting yourself in a situation where you can create more of an affinity mm. with the people that your audience knows. Does that make sense, guys? A hundred percent. And by the way, for the record, like that completely changed since that conversation I had with Amanda. It was like it, something clicked and that was the day it clicked. And it was like, this is perfect. It was like, uh, I was given permission, right? And I think by you explaining what you just did right now, I think you're also giving permission for a lot of people to go out and ask, right? Like, yeah. and it's Good. it's incredible. The opportunities that, that come your way will be amazing. So try it, try the first time, go through that awkward first ask and then continue to do it. I think it's yeah. gonna be a fun thing. What? Why was it that you were uh, scared maybe of asking at first? Cause I think a lot of people might be able to relate to that, right? Why are they afraid? of you know ask other people to send people their way and then maybe when, once they do that to leverage that right at the end of the day like you said right let people know that other trust you i kind of like change the words a little bit in there but it's social proof at the end of the day right i'm if i'm go coming to you and i tell you hey our good friend adam right he said x y and c i'm really building social proof with you because you already know him so why is are people afraid of maybe taking this first step of asking for help I think there's two things. I think the biggest thing that I see is fear. Um, and the fear is they're going to say no. And I have no fear about that. Mm. I'm totally fearless because saying no, it doesn't harm me. It doesn't hurt me. No's a word. And someone's entitled to say no. As if they say no, I go to the next person. I, I don't mm. take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. However, for me, it was 
why would these people send to me? I'm this unknown in this community. Nobody's ever heard of me. I just moved here. And I felt kind of odd putting myself out there. However, sitting in my clinic after two weeks, paying the rent, having all the expenses of the equipment, my husband and I just graduated college with loans and a car that barely drove. Mm. I was in a desperate place. And I said, I have got to get people to refer. And sitting in that mm. office for six hours, it changed everything. And that changed my fear. Mm. Wow. That, that makes sense. Oh, this is so good, Terry. That, yeah. This is so good. Um, <laughs> do you feel like everybody needs to go through that, like, that moment, right? Like it, when you were sharing this story, it felt like a really painful moment, right? And, and we've had a painful moment, like many, many painful moments. And it, it tends to, we, we, we make decisions then that causes a very positive effect moving forward, right? It didn't start that way, but it's, it's been years of this. And now we're starting to recognize these indicators, right? We, we're a little bit more aware of that. And, and maybe we're trying to be a little bit more proactive to avoid those crazy moments, right? Um, so like, do you think everybody should go through that? Like, or be like at least once, right? To me, I feel like I needed to go through that, right? Be because now I know uh, how that feels, right? And to me, that doesn't feel good. Uh, maybe there's some thrill seekers out there that are like, yeah, let's, let's go and, and feel that. But what what is your opinion on that? So I tell all my client family members, you've got to go make a big ask of someone you don't know. And you've got to do it. And then I give them a week. I challenge them. So mm. whether it's reaching out to a big name, um, and asking to interview them or even reaching out to somebody and asking to be on their podcast that you're not comfortable with yeah. or asking for an endorsement or a forward for your book mm. or to endorse a piece of your content. They all have to do that in their first week with me. Everyone kicks and screams. Everyone is scared. Yeah. Now I've seen people interview major authors. I've seen people get on podcasts that they never would have dreamt of. Um, one of my clients just got, I, I can't mention who it is, but just got one of the most famous marketers to endorse their, their new book. Yes. So if you don't ask, you don't have the opportunity for someone to say no or the opportunity for someone to say yes. So just remember, you can't get hurt by asking. And, and who cares if somebody thinks you're foolish? Who cares? Go ask the next person. Absolutely. Um, I don't remember who I heard this from, but it was pretty much like, what happened if they say no, right? Like things are actually just stay the same, right? Mm -hmm. What The worst is like if you don't ask at all, because then you are not kind of like getting the opportunity for them to say yes, which could change things considerably, right? Like one yes could literally change your life forever. But then if we are just acting in fear and we're afraid of asking, we're never going to know. And it's everything just going to be hypothetical. Yeah. And then, you know, we just like jump into the future and then we just get afraid of ourselves and then hold ourselves back from, from taking action. Um, but now, now I'm curious, right? You went from this phase of having these loans, right? Car that barely drives. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to get clients. And then you realize that you were pretty good at, you know, building businesses. So how did that transition go did you build all those, all those businesses in the same way? Did you develop a framework? Is that framework the same that you use nowadays? Because, you know, maybe the principles, I, we believe in principles and foundations over strategies and tactics, right? And, and, I, and I think those principles and foundations have not changed for you, right? But maybe the way to implement those have changed a little bit. So I'm, I'm curious on how that transition has been. Because, I mean, it, it has been almost 30 years, if I'm not mistaken, right, that you've been doing this. 
So I've been a coach and consultant for 31 years. I've been wow. in business for almost 44 years. That's amazing. And honestly, I found a formula. So once I got good at growing my speech language pathology business, I realized I had a formula and friends and family who own businesses were coming to me saying, how'd you do that? And so I replicated in all mm. these different industries. Mm. So when we sold that company and we started the second company, I said to my husband, oh, I totally got this. Like we built that to $12 million, like in an instant, because the formula works. Wow. The same formula has worked in all of my businesses and in my coaching and consulting business. I changed the name a little bit. I call it Modern Coaching Method, which is the name of the podcast too, because all I did is I tweaked and added in technology, which didn't exist in the past. However, the methodology and the systems that are proven, they work exactly the same, which is why I even guarantee six figures in six months. Mm -hmm. People go, how can you make that guarantee? Well, if you implement, it works. It's worked for 6,100 people who implemented before you. So I believe in structure and framework and to do what's proven. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to ask for a sneak peek, but before you, <laughs> before you, before you tell us a sneak peek, um, if it was the same framework through all these years, right? I'm sure like you were bombarded by other frameworks and other things and other things that maybe work for other people, right? Like, uh, and here, here's a, here's an example of how we're living this, right? Uh, we have a framework for our show. Our show also like has generated, I think to this point, more than $270,000 without any, without any sponsorship or anything. This was before the hotspot deal. And, uh, it's a, it's a formula that works, right? And it's something that we're starting to explore and be like, hey, can, can more, more people need to do this? And if, if it's a different type of business, that revenue can probably be a lot higher. So the way that we produce the show and the way that we produce the content is that in, in a very specific way. So every time from outside, whether that's like a client that comes in new to, to our environment, whether that's even our team members sometimes, mm -hmm. right? The people that actually produce the content, they're like, but there's all these other ways that people produce content and look at what they're doing. And, and obviously we, there's a, there's a phase where there's a research and development, right? Where we go in and we like, we look at things that we actually like, but at the end of the day for us, the main thing is consistency, right? Creation, cons creation, inconsistency, right? And then, so we're, we're trying to do our best to stick to our formula, right? Because after two years we've seen, yes, it is working a hundred percent of it. And it's like, how can we leverage this and move it faster? So how do you deal with those distractions or things and stay true to your formula? Wow. So the very first thing is I don't look at shiny objects, um, whether it's somebody pitching me on email or DMing me mm. or somebody telling me about the, this greatest system and the greatest, I just don't look, I, I really don't. I stay in my lane. I know what works. I don't need to look at something else because what I do works. The second thing is I realize there's a lot of false experts out there and just because something worked for them, it doesn't mean it's going to work for anyone else. Mm. And, or in some cases it didn't even work for them. However, they make a lot of money pitching it to someone else. Mm. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I don't trust any of that. And then the third thing is I only stick to what's proven and I only know what's proven by what I have proven. So those are the three things. The biggest mm. thing that I tell my clients, is stop with the squirrel squirrel every time something comes along because you're going to spend a lot of time money and energy in a million directions stay in your lane stick to what works yeah absolutely i mean there's a i feel like there's a quick win pandemic going on you know like people people are in this mindset that it's like oh i need this this 
quick fix to whatever it is that I'm doing so I can, you know, grow my business. And I don't know if it's because of the way a lot of people market, you know, with, hey, I'm here in my in my mansion or I was able to scale my business to 20,000 figures in seven days, right? Like all these things. And then, you know, people get in the mindset of, well, that is the normal when sure there might be somebody that scaled to 27,000 figures in seven days, but that is definitely like the zero point zero 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 or it was zero one percent or it was the seven days after the five years of grinding. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, exactly. I, I mean, keep it like again, I, I, I said a number, right? Like the number that I said that has been in the last two years after mm -hmm. five years of trying, right? Like that's the other thing. It's like holy moly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of my question though. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, hashtag, <laughs> yeah, I'm, he just interrupted me over here. I'm joking the mic. I have a really good question too, so you go first. Uh, you wait your turn, okay? Sounds good. <laughs> so, so now people go from they have this quick mindset. How do you approach somebody that comes to you, right? And you're telling them like, hey, sure, you know, I have this guarantee that is six figure in six months, but at the same time. Now you need to shift your mindset to this is a long-term game. This is a marathon, right? That we're going to uh, do here and have this proven track record. And I have this framework that works. We need to implement it. How do you change that mindset, right? How do you help them change that mindset and commit to the long-term game? Good question. So the first thing I do tell people is, yes, I got 30 clients in 30 days. And no, you probably won't. Okay. And I'm really serious about that mm. because all I did for 30 days, 10 to 12 hours a day is do breakthrough conversations to do that. And most people aren't going to have that work ethic. Just being honest after working with thousands of people, most yeah. people won't connect. The second thing I tell people is I've had people do six figures in six weeks. The average person does six figures in six months. However, that's you putting the work in and implementing. I don't have magic, you know, dust <laughs> to blow around. I have a formula that works. You've got to implement it and you have got to do this every single day. And once you get to six figures, it's not like, okay. And then the business just keeps going and I relax. Mm. I'm here 31 years and counting because I'm still doing things. I'm still putting out content and education and not climbing under a rock somewhere. Now I'm very blessed. I only work about 21 hours a month. I live in three different locations. I'm at that point in my career. However, why am I still showing up and providing value and education and content? Number one, I dig it and I love it. And number two, it's part of the long game. So you got it yeah. exactly right. I love it. I love the fact that you mentioned too that you love it, right? And uh, I think we actually mentioned this in the previous episode, which is when you're especially with, you know, relating this to content creation, you need to do it first for you because you love it, right? Because if you put your your hopes and dreams in an outside source, as soon as that doesn't start working, guess what? what's gonna stop working? You, right? So I feel like finding that intrinsic motivation is key. Um, we're, we're just talking about this um, a couple hours ago, right? Like on uh, in, in the fitness side, right? Like, so our past, like we, we play soccer all our life and uh, recently had this breakthrough conversation where I haven't been the best at working on the last two years. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Like yeah. uh, I, I certify it. People, people confuse me with a soccer ball <laughs> in the street. Like, uh, so, um, anyways, but I had this crazy conversation yesterday and it was like, I recognized that there was like, there was no goal around my fitness anymore. Right. So for me, it was always soccer playing professionally playing in college here in D one in the United States. Right. And then right after that, we went straight into obstacle races, Spartan races, tough mutters. Right. And the goal was 
10 Tough Mudders and then 25 Tough Mudders and then a 24-hour race and all these things. And once that was achieved, it was like a, a, a switch was flipped. And, and that's it. It was like really, really hard to get into working out and in a physical activity, right? And uh, for the longest time, for these last two years, obviously, we've been like diving into the business a lot. And anyways, everything that I will say right now might sound, uh, it will sound as an excuse, so I won't say it. Uh, but it's like to the point where like, man, like I recognize that I need like that North Star. Like what is the thing that I'm going to be working towards, right? So uh, I'm going to put it publicly. There's a 24-hour Tough Mudder in, happening at the end of the year. So I'm starting to train again for, for that thing. Uh, sounds kind of crazy. But anyway, so that I think that relates also with the business, right? And uh, we've been having that conversation because it translates, right? So whether that you're producing consistently, like why are you actually producing consistently? For us, this fills us up big time, like connecting with incredible people, learning from them, having these amazing conversations. If it turns into business, great. That's like the plus, right? But at the end of the day, like how, how we've been able to be consistent over two years is because of that intrinsic reason and that goal that we have. So what, are, what might be a good framework for people or like, or do you have like a, a, something that can trigger that thought, right? Like how can we actually find those things that yeah. keep us moving? I call it your area of brilliance. So mm. when you wake up in the morning, if you had all the money in the world, what is it that you would do? And so for me, I knew that I'd wake up in the morning. I'm a writer. I've been writing since I'm seven years old and had my first article published. I knew mm. I would write books. I just, awesome. I don't care if anybody reads them. I love to write. I got all this stuff in my head. So I'm going to write books. What else do I love to do? I love to educate and I love to teach. So how am I going to show up every day and do that? Maybe I'll do a Facebook Live. Maybe I'll do a podcast. Hopefully I'll be on someone else's podcast. Um, anything that I could do. Those are the things that I love to do. Then you look at the things that you really don't like to do, right? There's plenty of stuff I don't like to do. I can't stand email. I don't like social media. Be honest with you. I would just rather sit here and have a conversation with the two of you than to go look at all the random strangers and who's eating peanut butter and jelly and whatever their dog is, you know, whatever it is with social media. And so I stay in my lane. I do what I love and the things I don't love, I don't do. And one of the beautiful things about that is I have a, a client who's been with me maybe six, seven weeks, and she was taught to create so much content and she hates creating content. And so she had this like library of content and you could tell she didn't mm. like doing it. Yeah. I said, get rid of it. What do you love <laughs> to do? Now she's doing these Facebook lives and I've watched them. She's so natural. She's having fun. Now we have someone transcribing them and creating content from them and yes. she's got content. So find a way that it's really your zone of brilliance and you wake up and you dig doing it. Uh, <laughs> golden uh, border moment. Yeah. Right there. I, I want to relate yes. this to something that you said earlier, which is, you know, sometimes we buy into this house from other people, right? That maybe it was successful for them, but it might not be su successful for you, right? And again, this has been a topic of conversation multiple times, especially in this, this last month, which is you need to find your own how, right? And it, it applies to content as well, right? There's not one recipe, uh, you know, that's going to fit everybody's needs and that just works. No, you got to find what works for you that is going to allow you to do it consistently for the long term. And that is the principle at the end of the day. And we talked, again, we talked about longevity not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Those that last longer are probably going to win in the, in this game at the end of the day. Because a lot of people, guess what? They don't have the resiliency to stay 
actually, you know, because it gets it, it's difficult. It gets challenging at times, and some people don't stick to it for the long term. So if you can be consistent in your zone of genius, right, with your own how for a long time, you're probably going to find some level of success. Exactly. I love it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I, I, you, you, you said you had a good question before. Yes. Um, I mean, it relates with everything. Like, uh, But obviously, we a lot of people love to advertise revenue levels, right? And uh, for the longest time, right, we were victims of all the marketers in the world, right? So we've seen the worst of everything. Uh, and I feel like now in the last couple of years, we've been, our eyes have been open to all the good in the world, right? Because of our own platform, right? We've been connecting with the right people and uh, we've been seeing kind of behind the scenes in a lot to of the, things. To the hard entrepreneurs. The hard entrepreneurs. Huh? <laughs> um, but also like there's there's a truth to, to like those numbers. And I really want to talk a little bit about profits, right? Because... Even though, you know, we've sold like the profits levels, there's not, they're not where they need to be for whatever reasons. We're not, we're not educated on any of this, like experience. We've been paying for coaches, like we've been investing back in the business, right? So like how, what's your, what's your point of view around how do you set up a business in a way that can be profitable, right? Like how do you set up your platform in your equation? Maybe that this is when we start diving into a little bit of the sneak peek of your formula because we want people to go through your uh, breakthrough sessions, right? And discover them on their own. But I think that's a topic that a lot of people don't talk about, right? Um, and and I'm trying to discover like, why? Is it because nobody really knows? Like, like is it really? But obviously you figure out a way to, to make it happen, right? Eight different times, multiple times, right? So um, I'm very curious, like what's what's your point of view here? Like how do people set up their 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 business to be able to be profitable? So again, knowing nothing about business, setting up my first one, I did everything wrong. In fact, when I sold the company, we we're going through file cabinets and I had people's checks in there from three, four years that I'd never cashed. I didn't even know I had them in there. They were now yeah. garbage. I mean, it was money. I was like, here's money and I'm just collecting it. I had no idea. In fact, I didn't even know if we were profitable because I didn't understand any of this. I, I came from college as a speech language pathologist. I didn't know finances. Yeah. And so that first business was financially all over the place until somebody came and said they wanted to be a buyer. And then I had to start putting financials together and keeping financials. And that's when I realized I never kept my eye on the right ball, which is how much am I keeping? So mm-hmm. telling on myself, um, my first year, which was my second year in business that I hit a million dollars as a coach consultant, um, my accountant said to me, you're having the worst year you've ever had. And I'm like, what do you mean? We just broke a million. He said, yeah, and you're going to keep around 50,000. Now, the year before I did 500,000 and I kept almost 300,000. Wow. So I, I had to wake up again. Okay. Sometimes we have to get hit over the head with the lesson. So here's what I say and what I teach clients. First of all, 10% of everything that you make needs to go in an account that you do not touch. And I really mean this. That is your marketing and innovation account. That pays for your marketing coach, your business coach, ad spend, whatever it is you need. Uh, You need help putting content together, whatever you need. That is your marketing and you do not touch that. I don't care, no excuse zone on that. So you get a hundred bucks, $10 goes into this account. That's the first lesson. The second lesson is every single week, you need to literally look at how much revenue came in that week and 
how much went out that week, therefore, how much did I keep? And if you're not keeping a minimum of 20%, and if you're more in a coaching consulting business, you should be keeping around 40%, then you need to stop spending money. And I really mean this because that tells you you are spending way too much. You have to stop spending until you see 20% profit. And then I help my clients grow to 40, 45%, which easily can be done when you keep your eye on the right ball. And the right ball isn't, oh, look, I just got a client for 20,000. It's how much money are you keeping? Yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing. And you know, where were you two years ago? Just saying. Uh, <laughs> No, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she was probably in Mexico in her in that awesome house. Was, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. But this is great, and I really hope like this is this is helping the the people yeah. that, are, that are listening right now because you know even today, right? Like we learn every single day. But you're like, what? How much should it be? Like, is it a right percentage? What is it? And obviously, at the end of the day, it's something that's gonna work for you. But like, it it is a really healthy uh, baseline to to go off of and be like, okay, yeah. this is a, a if you don't have these targets, right? Go and and go achieve those targets, and then we can improve upon that. So yeah. super do, awesome, super grateful that you share that with us. Do you have any any resources around this that people can go check out? Yeah. So actually, my latest book is called The Conversion Equation. And it literally teaches you how to pay attention to all these things. It gives you a marketing plan. It gives you step-by-step -step what to do. Plus, I dissected about 37 different client family members from all different industries. And you get to kind of watch each person's story. So you're so going to find some people in there that you relate to. Like, oh, that's how so-and-so did it. I'm going to follow them. Yeah. So that's what I recommend. That where, where can people find it? Amazon, any any bookstore, oh, conversion equation. Awesome. Link is right below, guys. All you yeah. got to do is scroll down and click in there. We're about to go by ourselves. Yep, so yep. um, I have, talking about books, you've published 47 of those. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, that is no small feat. That is very, very difficult. Some people publish 47 episodes of a podcast and that's it. And then yeah, that's so, it. <laughs> some people don't even make it exactly to 47 episodes of a podcast. Uh, and you've been, you said... Uh, to say 40 years in business that is like a book per year pretty much is that one of your goals is one of your goals every year i want to publish a book so uh the answer is i think i'm done <laughs> books. i think i'm done and here's why um a lot of my books have been done by major publishers wiley simon and schuster which sounds great and you get a nice advance and that's exciting however you are the marketing person for that book. And there's a high expectation of how much marketing you need to do. It becomes a full-time job, okay? So if you publish through traditional publishers, you have a huge marketing responsibility. Mm. That's a lot of distraction for me away from serving my client family yeah, members. Yeah. Self-publishing certainly is a great option. It's the option that I tell most of my clients to do if they want to write, definitely. Um, I'm just at a point right now where I think The 47 books have covered the majority of content. And now I just show up and I do podcasts and TV and radio. And I've decided to spread the word in a different I medium. Yeah. I, th this is so funny. Um, I, this is great, by the way, because the image, um, you know, the image I have in my head right now is like, you know, you know, Fonzie walks in and like, ah, bro, I just, I just wrote this book. Bam. And then uh, Terry comes in like, oh yeah, I just wrote those. And it's like, boom, the wall of books. Like, <laughs> and uh, I, I love it. I love it because, you know, it's, it's obviously a lesson in, 
in itself of your passion, your consistency, you know, you, you said at seven years old, like that's what you wanted to do and you actually did it, right? Like, and it's so cool to see it, right? So obviously we're gonna be introduced into your publishing world because we're gonna, yeah. there, there'll be an order I, as we speak. You haven't thought about <laughs> diving into the self-publishing world? Um, we did a couple of books long, long time ago that I was between publishers and just didn't want to pitch them. And so we did self-publish a couple of them, Magnetize, a very spiritual book. That one uh, was self-published. And I think we did one other, Stop Managing, Start Coaching. Yeah. Do you, do you um, have, sorry, do you have a framework for writing books? Yeah, I actually do. The first thing that I'll, I'll just give you a couple quick things. The first thing that I tell people is go and get post-it notes, get tons of them and get them in every color. You want at least seven colors and then just start putting your ideas on post-it notes all over the place. I mean, I literally covered four walls in my office and I have a two story ceilings, a very tall built office and they were everywhere. And then I started organizing them. Oh, all these thoughts go together. Boom. There's a chapter. All these thoughts go together. So you actually visually lay your book out. And then the next clue is dictate your book. I use Google. I don't even use any special software. I just go to Google drive and you've got a tool that's voice speaking. Why? When you keyboard, you only use one hemisphere of your brain that shuts down 90% of your creativity. Most people that I know who are best-selling authors, and I know quite a few, they all speak their books. Wow. So I recommend that you do that and don't edit as you're doing it. Just whatever comes out, comes out. An editor will clean it up later. So I write just the way I speak. And I've had people mm. read my books and say, it sounded like you were speaking to me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I was. Because I was, yeah, literally. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. That I, I find a lot of similarities uh, with some creative processes that we've, you know, talked about uh, here on the on the show. We actually about two weeks ago we had uh, Chandler Bolt. He is the founder of Self Publishing School. Awesome guy too, and his process as well as first is kind of like just putting everything out there. And I find that fascinating because a lot of people feel like they have to start with just one thing at a time, right? Like this is what I'm going to do first this is what I'm going to do next. But I like the idea of just like putting everything out there. And I think we can translate that into, let, let's say a podcasting strategy, right? For some people that might be scared of the longevity of the game, right? Like what am I going to talk for 50, let's say put the average of one episode per week, right? And they're scared. What am I going to talk for 52 weeks? Well, let's have one session. We just brainstorm everything out there and then we organize it. And you have probably your year worth of podcasting, right? So I think by, and it goes back to investing that time at the very beginning, right? To set the foundations and the principles, right? Like any other system, right? When you are building something inside of your system, you're going to invest some time up front to fix it, make it right, and then starts running smoothly. And I think this is the same thing, putting your thoughts out there. So then you have a, a solid base to go off from, go off from. Yeah. And by the way, it definitely works for podcasting because my podcast, Modern Coaching Method, that's how I laid it out. So I created my first 30 episodes. They were all stickies. And I'm like, oh, this has to come before this. And then that's how I've done the next 30 and I'm doing mm. the next 30. So, yeah, it works for any kind of content. That's the secret. We do. I we love do. it. I don't know if you have a name of it, but I already have a name for it. The, <laughs> the, sticky, the sticky podcasting method. There we go. <laughs> 
the sticky podcasting method. That's there good. That's good. Hey, yeah. That's good. People, yeah, I love it. We, so, we're we're going to be at a podfest at the end of May uh, speaking, and we're, we're having this framework, the six-figure platform yeah. uh, thing, but... This is gonna. This has to be a thing, like the, the sticky podcast method. Yeah, I love I, it. I absolutely love it. I, I listened to a few episodes. I love how actionable and direct and straightforward you are on your on your podcast. Um, I'm I'm curious behind the creative process. You know, besides the sticky uh, podcast process, uh, what else goes into it on when you're creating this this type of conversations, right? I actually sat down and asked clients, um, mm. what do you think that I teach that people need to hear? That I only want to give them three to five minutes. I want to make this a really short, hey, tune into this podcast. Here's a tip. Go put it in uh, and use it. And the clients started to give me responses. I think I got 20 of them on a Zoom. I recorded the Zoom. I looked through the transcript and then I pulled those ideas and they went on the post-its. And that's what I keep doing every couple months. I'm like, what else? And sometimes my clients tell me like, oh my gosh, Terry, what you said the other day was such a nugget. Do a podcast on that. I'm like, mm. oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not just what do I think people need to hear. I'm getting real feedback from real client family members. And I think my listeners are very similar to them and vicariously can learn through that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess, and I'm going to say this goes probably hand in hand with what you teach in Heart Entrepreneur, which is, you know, building relationships and having these conversations, right? Being present with your community and your clients, because when you're listening to them, you're going to, yeah. you know, that I think that proximity is going to give you more clarity. Ooh, proximity is clarity. I feel like I heard that before, so I don't... I'm not going to claim that one. I uh, think I've heard that one before, right? Yeah. But you, your proximity with your own clients and communities is giving you clarity on what to share to attract more of those people. And I think that is so important because yeah. a, lot, a lot of people that are trying to create content for their business, they're just thinking in terms of what would the people that I want to serve would like to hear instead of let me go ask the people that I want to serve what That's they right. want to hear. Yeah. That's right. That's a really good point. It's just like when you start your business, many people go, I'm going to offer this. And I'm like, how do you know people want that? You know, just because you came up with a pet rock um, doesn't mean that that's going to be something people want. So the first thing I tell people is go ask your exact target audience. Yeah. If I can give you one result and only one result, what do you want? Yeah. When you know what they want, like I knew people wanted my lifetime process. So that's why I put together Six Figure Accelerator because I asked, what do you want of mine? They're like, I want all your templates. I want all your letters. I want all your formulas. I want everything you, that you've ever done. And I want to be able to slap my name on it because it's worked for you. Okay. Now, I wouldn't have come up with that because I didn't know what they wanted. You have to ask your audience and don't guess. I think that's a really key point that I want folks to remember. Mm, love I, it. I remember uh, in college, we went through this this weekend called Startup Weekend. Have you Are you familiar with it? I'm not, no. So uh, this is kind of like workshopy style event and uh, you get there Friday night and uh, in a weekend you have to build a startup, right? And uh, what happens is the first night they ask you to pitch ideas and there's all these boards and there's a bunch of sticky notes and you pitch your idea and then people start voting and then you, you make a group of people that you don't know, right? Or people that you know, but you know, it's super random, right? People are like, oh, I want to go work in this thing, right? And one of the first activities that they they make you do is actually go out on the street 
and start asking people mm-hmm. about that idea, right? And I remember, I remember the idea that we pitched, and it, it was funny because full circle, like uh, I think it was a la- last year or year and a half ago, we ended up being coaches in one of those startup weekends, which is awesome to see the other end. Mm-hmm. But I remember the idea was uh, was called Spotty, right? And the idea was like a uh, uh, um, uh, a website or a place where people can showcase their their athletic abilities, and then people could get recruited or whatever, right? There's some something called now locker room that does the same, but uh, they stole my idea clearly. Um, <laughs> But I remember being so afraid of just going out and ask a random person in in the university or in the street in the town center, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Right? And I didn't know that probably the town center would have been that that would not have been the best place because it's not where the market is, right? And that's another lesson. It's like you have to go where where your maybe your dream client is. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a such an incredible activity, and yeah, we've done it. Exercise. We've done it a couple of times here, also with, with the people in the audience, the people in the group. Uh, we just jump on random calls, like twenty minute calls, and be like, "Hey, why? Like, what do you think? Uh, actually, what do you think we do? Right? That's that's one that I actually started asking, and I started getting these answers of that was totally not what we did, and we're like, okay, there has to be a change of messaging <laughs> from now on, right? And and that's really good indicators, and I think people should should do more. So, what's something like super? easy for people to actually go and, and start those asks right because mm-hmm. for me it was like this event but like do you have something easier you don't have to go sign up for an event <laughs> no 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 it's actually super simple especially nowadays with technology you post the question on all your social media channels this is really easy i have my clients get about 50 responses in a couple days hey i really need your help can you help me answer this question you you know sometimes my clients give away like a five dollar amazon card or something if they can't get enough answers, but usually they do. If I can help you with one result in whatever area you work in, in your health, your business, your life, your relationships, what would that result be? And then if you're not getting enough answers, you email people, you pick up this thing that most people don't use anymore called Mm -hmm. a phone and you ask people and you can direct message some people. So in my experience, if you're in groups, it's a good place to ask Facebook, LinkedIn, Mm. my experience, my clients are able who think they're not going to get answers are able to get about 50 answers in a few days. And then we look at the overarching themes and there's, it's amazes me. There's similar words, there's similar patterns. And usually it's not the thing that you thought. Yeah. By by the way, Fonzie, five minute warning. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm keeping an eye on the, on the clock too because I have so many questions that I want to ask. I, uh, but, but I want to, you know, because we've talked a lot about get it, getting out there, asking questions, profits, you know, more of the top level what people can see of the business. But I'm, I'm curious because you have this whole movement, the entrepreneur, right? And I want to highlight that. I want you to, to share a little bit more of what it is, what it stands for, because I think that it, that goes a layer deeper or two layers deeper than just your regular business talk. And I think people need to know about this because I think it's a beautiful way to do business and actually probably a, a way more rewarding way to do business as well. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting you to talk about that. So. I have always done business connecting with one person at a time, heart to heart. And I was writing a book for a publisher years back now. I was having a meeting with my publisher in New York. I had a contract for the book and it was a book about revenue generation. And he takes my manuscript and he throws it on the floor and said, I don't want this book. I'll never forget this. I'm like, He said, I've known you for 11 years. I want a book on how you do business, you know, as a Mm. heart entrepreneur. And I went, what? And he went, 
you're an entrepreneur that has more heart and people need to have that. At the time, I was clueless. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I had to take the train back from New York to Philadelphia, which gave me time to think. And I had this, I call it like an, I could have had a V8 moment where I slapped my head. I'm like, oh, it's just teaching people how I've done business all along, which is just making human connections with integrity, transparency, and authenticity. And then I got on this mission, I'm gonna disrupt business. I changed the name of my company. I trademarked the word heartrepreneur and went in this direction. And we've got about 7,100 people right now as part of the heartrepreneur cause who really wanna make business transformational and not transactional. So that's heartrepreneur. That's so amazing. So what does it mean to do business transformational, not transactional. Mm. Transactional is, oh, I got another client. You know, these people who mm-hmm. ring bells and ka-ching and then show you themselves standing in front of a Lamborghini or whatever it is. It's getting rid of all of that. It's saying, I'm here to serve people one conversation at a time. If I could change one person's life today and at the end of a conversation, they could remember that conversation forever and go, Terry, When you spoke with me, that changed everything. I have a card on my desk. I did this for a woman named Marlene 25 years ago. And every year on the date of that anniversary, she sends me a card that says that life-changing conversation is with me every day. Happy anniversary. Oh, wow. That's why I keep doing what I do, right? So that's the difference between a transaction. I transform people's lives for the sake of doing it, whether they pay me or not. I'm willing to teach, I'm willing to share, I'm willing to do breakthroughs. And it's not about ka-ching and let me go buy a fancy thing. It's about let me be of service. That's the biggest distinction. Absolutely. Terry, we're going to have to bring you back for another episode because I have like this right now just spawned like a a whole web of new questions, right? Um, This question... You don't need to answer because we, we don't have that much time and, and we got to, you know, ask the final answer, the final questions. But I'm just curious, too, on how do people get into that mindset and that space of mind when they have the need for closing clients? Right. Because that can be very difficult to separate yourself from from those feelings. And, you know, like I'm sure they genuinely want to help other people, but at the same time, they're like, I have the need to close clients. Which, right? by the way, we've been in that position a few times. And this could be the action point, by the way. We're, we're about to ask for an action point, and I think this is this is perfect for it. Oh, All I right. had a different action point. Let's do two action points. We'll do two. <laughs> All right. So let me first speak to this. Um, what I tell people, and, I, and when they start with me, we start in their mindset. They're like, well, I thought I was hiring you for business. Yeah, sorry. We're going to work on your mindset because your inner game determines the outer actions. Mm. So we work on mindset first. And mindset has to be you give for the sake of giving, not reciprocity, not because givers gain. You simply give, period. And if you're doing anything that's tied to a financial outcome, you will not close people. People can feel that, especially nowadays. People are skeptical. They will go in the other direction, and then you'll come to me and go, I couldn't close anybody. I don't close anyone. I don't believe in closing. I don't believe in pitching. I sell millions of dollars from the stage. You can ask producers whose stages I've stood on, and I'm the only one that doesn't pitch. All the people that I'm in the green room with, they all have their pitch and their fancy clothes, and I simply go, if I made a difference and created value, here's an application to work with me. You can come up and get one, and if not, have a great day. And I walk off stage. That's it, okay? So I want to reframe really quickly. 
we're not closing anyone. We're transforming mm. people's lives. And when you do that, a certain percentage of people will say, oh my gosh, that was amazing. How do I get to work with you? Mm. So keep that in mind. That's great. That's great feedback. Thank you so much. And then action point number two. You <laughs> <laughs> forget. And I think it's gonna tie. It's gonna tie to this, right? Because now they got the mindset right, right? And you know, you said you close thirty clients in your first thirty days, and you tell people, and probably you won't, right? But how can they close their first? Not close. How can they help transform one person's life in the in, in their first thirty days? Beautiful. So most coaches and consultants are doing these complimentary sessions or these demos or whatever consults all of them are sales pitches in disguise and let me say that really frankly because what their goal is is i hope i'm gonna make money and this person's gonna buy from me that means that you're going into that as a sales pitch mm. a breakthrough deep dive which i don't think anyone teaches other than me and this is what is the biggest game changer is mm. hey I want to just spend two hours with you working on the biggest issue in your life confidentially, whatever that might be. And at the end of two hours, I am so good. I really am. I'm going to transform something in your life. This is going to be a transformational conversation. I guarantee you will never forget what happens here. I have nothing whatsoever to sell you and pitch you. This is just what I do. Then at the very end of that session, and usually somewhere already, the person's like, oh my gosh, that was it. Like that was the thing. They've had it. Um, we get to the end and I simply extend my hand and say, would you like to continue having breakthroughs and would you like to work together? If they say no, I don't overcome objections. I don't take it personally. I simply say this, who do you know that you'd like to pass on this wonderful gift of a transformation to? Let me get their information so that we can give the gift to someone else. That's wow. it. Very simple. You really have to learn how to do the breakthrough deep dives because the average person has never been taught that. Wow, that's amazing. Where can they learn that? Um, they can go to the six figs in six months.com and literally they're going to see me with my clients. Actually, it was a Zoom. We took the clients out. So you just see me answering my clients' questions and teaching that information. Wow. How, how do we, is it six figs like number six? Yes, number six. Figs, F-I-G-S, in the number six, months.com. Nice. Awesome. awesome. We're going to leave those links down at the bottom. So make sure you scroll down, tap those, and learn, right, how to, how to do this. Now, the final question of the day, and we love this question. Where would you be if you didn't publish, maybe reading any of your books or go into any of the thousand stages that you've been on? Oh, boy. I would probably be a coach who is working 40 hours a week to make six figures um that wouldn't have a company i would have a business trading time for money and would actually be missing out on the things that i love in my life other than working with clients like being with my friends and family and my charity and my spiritual practice and having my various homes and living in mexico none of that would be a reality wow thank you for sharing We, yeah, we ask this for a, for perspective, right? Uh, maybe that's a little push that some people need to, to start publishing and putting themselves out there into the world. Just find, find your how, right? Find your how to do it, how you feel comfortable sharing your message and just go out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming oh, and hanging out and continuing profit. Yeah. <laughs>
Anytime. I totally had a blast. We have literally the best show. I was already on your Facebook watching a bunch of them. You guys are absolutely awesome and I'm addicted already. Right, thank, thank you. you so much. I, I, I mean, any last thoughts after that? That's like <laughs> so good. I mean, like, pause it. So like that, please. <laughs> and the only thing that I want to say as an end thought is, you know, it's all about having fun. At the end of the day, I want to smile. I want to laugh. I want to have fun. And the two of you know how to do it. And thank you for having me because this was a fun way to end my week and my day. Yeah, let's go. It's Friday and the body knows it. You know, Mission accomplished. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> I, tell you, I, can't, I cannot wait to hang out with you next week. I think we're meeting on Wednesday. We're chatting on Wednesday. So everybody listening, go to the Heart Entrepreneur Facebook group, correct? Yes, it's Heartrepreneurs with Terry Levine because you don't want to miss that interview. Yes, come hang out with us and we'll have a yeah. lot of fun. Where, where else can people connect with you? The best way is to go over to my Facebook group. I am super active there. I drop in videos and training and freebies and content and I answer questions. That's the very best way. Heartrepreneurs with Terry Levine. Awesome. Thank you so much, Terry. Really appreciate it. Uh, both rock. Thank you so much. Sweet. Absolutely. Guys, with that said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is right. And if Terry here helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three friends and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>